Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. I'm Nikki Levy, and this is Don't Tell My Mother, where your favorite celebrities, actors, comics, musicians, sports icons tell a true story they'd never want their moms to know. And I know we've been away. I'm sorry. We haven't called. We haven't written. We're horrible. Don't guilt us. We are back. We're finally back with our second season, and we have a great season for you. Um, And I've missed you. I've missed you guys. Uh, Today, we have one of the stars of Apple TV's award-winning show, Acapulco. And Acapulco, the show, takes place in the 1980s when Acapulco was in its heyday for, like, Americans flocking there to stay at the resorts. And I have to tell you, in the early 90s, I went with my family to Acapulco. And on the first day, I had a fruit salad outside of the resort, and I got such bad food poisoning, I ended up in the room the entire trip. Um, So I didn't get to really experience Acapulco, but I'm getting to experience it through the show. And today we have such a fabulous, fabulous guest. We have Fernando Carsa. I love him. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I'm so happy we're back for a second season. And without further ado, here is me and Fernando. Fernando! Hello, hello. hello. Okay, I've been watching you on Acapulco so now, and, and Instagram, but now I get to meet you in real life. Wait, can you just <laughs> describe to people the Michael Jackson gloves you're wearing? Yes, um, I'm obsessed with, a lot of my fellow gays will know, the Lady Gaga Monster Ball Tour. <laughs> yes. And in the opening number, she wears gloves that are similar to the ones I'm wearing right now, fingerless gloves. So now I wear them as a form of tribute, but also um, this cold weather makes my hands really dry. <laughs> so it's I'm, freezing. I'm freezing. Yeah, I put them on to avoid people looking at my hands. So when they look down, they just see fashionable okay. fingerless gloves. And hopefully, so you're saying we have to send you some coconut oil. Um, you know what? Yes, my therapist. My therapist. That's a lie. My my dermatologist. That's the right word. <laughs> She gave me a lotion. I don't think it's working, but yeah. Please do send me some coconut oil. You look. You look very. Uh, we should ask Lizzo for coconut oil. She oh. sings all about it. No, you look. You look. You look very. I think you look very hydrated, and very handsome. Thank you. Thank you. What are these pictures behind you? So I'm even gonna move my camera a little bit. These are okay. stills oh, from, from the, the sh- from the show from the first season. This is from our very first episode, the pilot when Maximo and Memo first arrived to Las Colinas, the hotel that the show takes place, and they see the sign outside yep. and they're like incredibly happily and overwhelmed. And then on this one is from episode six when Maximo gets gets one of his biggest tips and takes Memo out for a shrimp cocktail. She's a really nice moment, really nice scenery. So yeah, it's it's a nice reminder of of that accomplishment for me. So I have them on my wall, so I can look at it every day. Where where is this? Is this your house? Is this your apartment? Where are this you? is my parents' house. I moved back to my parents' house when the pandemic started, and I haven't left since, just because <laughs> half of the year I'm moving outside of the country to film something anyway. So I didn't want to pay an expensive rent in LA for the time being. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. I'm paying rent at home. You know, I'm not rent free, but it's not, you know, four thousand dollars for an apartment. <laughs> Wait, there. Your your mom is making you pay rent. Oh hell yeah. 
your mother. Hell yeah. <laughs> have you? Wait a minute. Okay. Have you ever lived? Have you lived alone? Uh, when I went to school, when I went to college, I did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had roommates, yeah. of course, because no college student can afford an apartment alone. And I went to UCLA. No. So I had to move to Westwood, which is also a very expensive city. It's, yes, West, so Westwood. So people don't know, Westwood is where UCLA, which is like yes. the, the, probably the most famous school in California, yes. right? UCLA. <laughs> USC, USC wants to give us a run school. for our money, but they can't do it. No, no. <laughs> Forget USC. No, UCLA is a state school. It's probably like the best state school. I think it's like the best state school in the country. It's so hard to get into. It's It's been the number one public university in I don't, I don't know how many years in a row. And it continues getting that like award, I guess it is, or whatever, recognition. How did you get... I mean, you're smart. You're talented. <laughs> We're going to get to that. You, you transferred to UCLA, I right? I did. I did. I think that was like the trick quote unquote, you know, because um, when, when I had to start college, I had only been in the States for in, in for like two years. I'm from Mexico. So my English was not up to the part and my um, acting training or my artistic training was also not to the part to be able to to get into a four year university. I also couldn't afford a four year university anyways. So I found a really good community college that had a great theater department that really focused on on helping students transfer. Like the, the, the theater department really wanted their students to succeed in four-year universities. That was yeah. Fullerton Junior yeah. College in Fullerton, California. I loved my experience there. I There were some bumps in the road and there were some challenges, but for the most part, I grew a lot and I learned a lot. And by the time that I transferred to UCLA, I was the first transfer in six years to be accepted into the musical theater program. I was an anomaly. Apparently, it had never happened. And I was the only person of color and only plus-size performer in my entire musical theater class out of nine people. You were the... Oh, wait, wait. You were the only person of color and the only what? Plus-size person. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So I... In the entire program? Uh, In the musical theater. In the musical... Th yeah. Yeah, but that's... At least for my for my class, yeah. So I, I feel I feel very proud about those accomplishments. To be honest with you, <laughs> did you like college? I loved college. Did you like it? I loved it. At first, it was a little weird because since they've never had a musical theater transfer, at least not in the last six to ten years, they didn't know how to like help me find my way. They didn't know how to place me in my classes. So the first quarter that I was there, it was like an uphill battle where I just had to do a lot of independent research on what I needed to do to graduate and then go and talk to every professor individually and be like, please let me to your class. I was accepted as a transfer. And all the professors were like, what the hell? How did this happen? It has never happened. So after we went up to through that bump in the road, it was a really smooth, beautiful ride. Because <laughs> it's really, I, I went to college and I loved college I loved every I went to Northwestern Ooh. so also great musical theater mm -hmm. I was not musical theater I was screenwriting but being a transfer student is so hard because everybody has right doesn't everyone have their especially in a program like a musical theater program that's so tight like didn't everybody have their friends and their yeah was it hard to I mean sort of like it was hard in Find that in that it. in that end as well. What was really special about UCLA is that I quickly found a lot of Latinx performers yeah. that really embraced me. And my musical theater class, 
the first year was a little rocky to work together because I had to take a lot of classes to be able to get into, like curriculum wise, into the classes that they were into already. I had to go over a uh -huh. few classes before that. So the first full year I wasn't taking any class with my class, like my musical theater class. It was super weird, but I found a group of Latinx performers that to this day, they're like my very close circle. And I was that was part of what helped me have a really like it helped me have a very special experience in college the fact that I met them and I knew them and and that they became my family how did you meet them um so they came to see me do a show because one of them my friend Emily she was writing a musical about Frida Kahlo and Chavela Vargas's affair like they had a love affair and they were looking for a Diego Rivera they they didn't know who to cast there weren't that many Latinos in our program like in the whole school of theater. Um, so someone was like, oh, there's this new kid who would be perfect for the part. He's actually from Mexico. So they came to see me do a show that I was doing at the time. And they loved my performance. So then the... the what, what was the show? It was um, we did the world premiere of the show Rebel Genius. Um, so that's how I met them. And then two of my other friends, my friend Lily and Saul, they were co-directing the play or the musical that my friend Emily had written. So that's how they became part of my family. And that's how I started meeting them and working with them and hanging out after rehearsal and after school and whatnot. And now they're like my family, like they're, we're still very close and we still visit each other every week. We FaceTime almost every single day. Every event that I have related to Acapulco, like if I get to do something press related, like a party or like an event, I bring them yeah. and, and I introduce them to other people from the industry, which is super <laughs> cool. So it became this really tight, beautiful family. And we're all Mexican and Latino. Um, so and queer as well so it's like these very safe oh you guys are all queer one of them isn't That's... but most of them are most of us are we can look we we, we don't want to discriminate yes we welcome we everyone we can't discriminate <laughs> to straight yes even straight people have a lot to offer without Let's a not forget yes and and no we complement each other really well it's it's just it's Wonderful. it's beautiful it's a beautiful family and i love them with my whole heart and and they and they're also working in the our industry writing directing kind of yes, finding their way yes it's it's you know we're all we're all still i mean the majority of the group if uh, were actors uh, my friend emily who wrote the play yeah. now works into like marketing so she works for a marketing agency that focuses on publicity for tv shows and then lily saul and i are actors and and we're all hustling and, and auditioning and we all have our reps now my friend saul i'm very proud of him he recently became part of actors equity by doing a play so um Mazel tov. yeah I'm, I'm i'm really happy for them and 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 i'm excited that we're supporting each other along this journey <laughs> but you know what like like that's that's it right like we come up with people and sometimes we're up and sometimes mm -hmm. we're down but like the people i for me it's like i feel like the people we come up with I don't know. It's it's very special because you've seen each other learn yes. and grow. And it's different, I think, than when people maybe befriend you now that you're on a big show. Let's let's talk about that. So you got you got Acapulco six months after you graduated UCLA? Yes. Dude, how? I don't know. It's crazy. Come on. I really don't literally to this day, I my brain cannot comprehend that that happened and that it's still happening i mean all of my showcases i graduated in 2020 so let's start there you know my last I quarter even... wow. i know wow my last quarter was online all of my showcases got canceled and thankfully ucla posted about 
all of us who were graduating that year on their website and they posted like our demo reels and whatnot. And this management company, their name is Vision Entertainment, found me. They reached out to me and they started testing me a little bit, sending me on auditions here and there and whatnot. Acapulco was my fourth audition. And by the way, I've never done TV and film at this point. I had I only had theater experience. Apparently they loved me from the casting office of Acapulco. Um, and this was at the end of 2020 when Acapulco came around. It was December of 2020. I was at a callback by January 6th. And by January 14th, I was doing my chemistry test. And by January 22nd, I had booked the part. I don't know how it happened. January 2021, right? 2021, yeah. Oh my, okay. So tell, so I have to tell you, my first trip out of the country, no, my second trip, my first trip out of the country was Israel. My second trip out of the country was Acapulco. Oh my God. When I was about 13 years old. No, no, no. Oh my God. It was the first trip out of the country, Acapulco. And I'm telling you, I got so sick. I came down with something and I was in the hotel room and my mother and brother the entire time, my mother and brother, the entire time were out doing wonderful things. And I was home in the... Tell, tell everyone what Acapulco is and I have to go back not being sick. You know what? Acapulco, not 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 in the present time anymore, but back in the day, mm-hmm. it used to be like the destination, the place, you know? Like what a lot, a yes. lot of people consider Cancun or, or Tulum nowadays. That's what Acapulco was, yes. the destination with where royalty and famous people and celebrities would go on vacation. It was like the place in, in, in Mexico for people to go to. And our show Acapulco, in a way, focuses on, on that era when Acapulco was on its prime yes. in the 80s. And even though... In the 80s? In the 80s, exactly. That's when I went, Fernando. Oh, that's, where I, that's when I went was the 80s. I don't want to date myself, but it was the late 80s, early 90s, because that was... Even every game show, if you win a trip, it was to Acapulco. Yes. That was the time. That's when the city was popping. Wow. <laughs> so, they, you know, when the show's create, creators were thinking of... of of doing the show they wanted to go back to this very nostalgic and exciting era you know especially for Acapulco and and uh-huh. of course this the story focuses more on 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 the the journey of our lead but you know we do uh-huh. take um a lot of pride showcasing what that see what that beach or, or that place was back in the day you know and what hotel did you shoot at? What, what actual hotel? Okay, so there's some gossip here. I'm going to tell you. I hope I don't get tell, in trouble. Tell the tea. <laughs> there are two different hotels, tell depending the... on the season. Okay. So the first season, first of all, we film in Puerto Vallarta. We don't film in actual Acapulco. So that's yes. the number one secret. Yes. The second secret yep. is the first season was filmed at the Barcelo Hotel in Puerto Vallarta. The second season was at the Westin Resort and Spa. There in completely different areas of the city. Like comp- like one is very urban, the other one's like literally in the jungle. So when we did the first season, we were like in the outsides of Puerto Vallarta with like almost no contact to civilization. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, the first the first season of any show, they're like, we don't know how this is going to work. You're, gonna, you're not going to shoot in the city. We're not going to spend the money to shoot in the middle of the... We're not going to shut down a city for you guys to shoot. You're going to be in the bosque and that's it. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I will say the fact that because COVID was at its peak at that point, I mean, it was it was yeah. beginning of 2021. We all had to bubble together. Yeah. We had to all quarantine together. So we were not allowed to leave the hotel oh, wow. at all for three months. 
So we were in the outsides, far away from any, oh. everyone. Just the cast and the crew, all in the same hotel. It was amazing. And then the second season, Did, we, we it, were but, able to get out a little bit more. So this was your first time being on set, ever? Yes. <laughs> and And you had to be away from your family, and you had to be away from your friends. How did it feel to be... I don't know. It's almost like summer camp. Like, how did it feel to be, I don't know, to be away from like everything you knew and with people you don't know? At the beginning, it was. I I mean, when we first arrived because of COVID protocols, we had to quarantine in our room for three days. So we couldn't leave every single individual. We could only order room service. And I think that time gave like that was good for me just because it gave me time to kind of like take it all in a little bit and try to process and kind of like get in the zone. And I actually got very lucky because our crew and our cast from the very beginning just like completely hugged me and took me over their wings, under their wings, sorry. Wow. Um, over, under, in. They just took me in. Their in. Wings. They just took me in, you know. And, <laughs> and it, it, became, it became a family really quickly. But I will say being my first time on set, I think, I think, I was more scared about getting fired <laughs> totally, than, than actually being away, you know, because it was like, I, I don't think my brain was even thinking about that. I was so scared about, I've never been in front of a camera. What the hell am I going to do? So <laughs> I have to, I have to get up for, for our cast assistants, specifically my friend, Melissa, who's become now my, my best friends. She's our cast assistant on yes. set and my castmates. Because they really, like, my first day on set, Melissa, Melissa was holding my hand. And she was like, if you're nervous, just squeeze my hand. And I was squeezing her hand. Enrique, who is my co-star, I mean, my first scene was with him. Mm-hmm. And he, he just... And Enrique, who's, who's, who's the, the lead, lead, who plays Massimo. He's the lead of the show, and I play his best friend. He took so much yep. care of me that first day and, like, basically wow. told me... Like, what questions to ask, what, where to stand, like... He was like, just do this and you'll be fine. Like, it was such a wonderful environment. They made me feel so safe. So the fear quickly faded away. But at the beginning, at first I was like, oh my God, they're going to fire me. <laughs> Thankfully they of didn't. Course. <laughs> how did you get over, like, was there anything else or did it just, like, how did you get over feeling, I don't know what I'm doing. They're going to find me out. I think eventually, first of all, like I said, my cast and the crew made it very safe. But eventually, I had to tell myself, just listen and take direction. So I started listening to the questions my castmates would ask to the cameraman, to the director, you know, what things they were taking into consideration because they were working with a camera. I made sure that anytime the director was giving me a note, I was fully trying to understand it. and if I didn't I would ask again and, and try to actually understand what they needed from me I guess I at that point I was like well I only know what I know you know so I try to take as much of the training that I had with my my, my acting degree and and, mm-hmm. and try to use that as best as I could and I had to trust that I, I went to school for this you know and I had to trust myself a little bit more and most importantly I had to remember that the reason why I got the part in the first place I think is because one they trusted that I could do it I mean Apple knew that I didn't have any credits the producers knew that I had no experience but they still trusted me with it you know so yep. I must have done something right one and two 
I was having so much fun in my callbacks and, and, and my submissions for the character that I think that pulled them in as well. So at some point I had to also tell myself, you're living your dream, just enjoy it, just play. You, you've gone through training, you're trying wow. to take, you know, direction as best as you can. At this point, whatever comes next is out of your control because you're doing everything that you know how to do, you know? And, and, and if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And it did. So, <laughs> Fernando, do you, do you know the ice skater Adam Rippon? The what, sorry? White guy, so cute. The ice oh, skater yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. Adam Rippon, yes. Okay. Okay. So I love him. Love him. He's a dear friend. He's he's on the podcast. Oh my god! And he he talked about. I have to introduce you guys because he lives here. Please do. do it. He talked. Oh, he's he's the greatest. And and I love his mother. I love I loved both of them. But he talked about when he was in the Olympics. He's like, you know what? I realized I'm not going to be the best skater. Like I'm not going to mm -hmm. have the. I'm not going to be someone who has the absolute best technique of anybody ever in this entire Olympic Games, but I'm going to be the one that has the most fun. Mm. And he based his entire Olympic career off of saying, I'm not going to be, I may not have the the absolute best form and all of this, but I am go, I'm, I'm good, I'm good enough, but I'm going to be the one that the judges love to watch. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that's what it is, right? Yes. Like I'm going to have... Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's so much of it. Growing up doing musical theater, you know, one of the things that I studied was dance. And the first thing that I was taught in dance class was what people should be looking at is your face. If they're not looking at your face because you're <sighs> smiling and you're having fun, if they're looking at your feet or your hands, you're doing something wrong. Yes, oh, you're yes. supposed to do your yes. choreo. You're supposed to, you know, be on time and, and, and be, you know, in tandem with everyone else. But... You're selling your face, the fun you're having, the facial expressions, the storytelling. Yes. If people are not, if people are looking at your feet or your hands, you're doing something wrong. So yes. it's been instilled in me since a very young age that I have to have fun in order for it to sell, you know? <laughs> and I will say, yes. I did notice at a very young age of 15 that like when I was in Meanwhile, theater class, you're what? Like 23? I don't even want to know. Don't I'm tell 24. me. By the way, 24 was a great age, and it's my favorite number, so it's been, you're, you're in a good place. It's been the best year of my life, 24. It's the um, best it's year. The best I love 24. <laughs> but um, at 15, when I came into the States and I started training for theater in high school, I quickly realized mm -hmm. that I wasn't the person that had the, the biggest vocal range. I wasn't the dancer mm -hmm. with the best technique. I most certainly was not the best actor in my class, for sure. And I was also probably one of the people with the least experience in my whole acting class. But people always seem to enjoy my work on stage. And yes. that's because when I went on stage, I was so passionate and having so much fun. I was doing what I love to do, you know, what I've always wanted to do. That people were so attracted to that and it was so... You know, it, they made me feel like a star, like if I was, you know, being the greatest. And I'm like, I can't even hit those notes. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, but it kind of so, doesn't matter. They, it didn't, they didn't care. They didn't care because the passion was so strong that everything else was, it's not that it wasn't not, not important, but I, I, I was able to tell the story and that's what they care about the most. 
I mean, I think we're attracted to people who are having fun. Mm -hmm. Like if you go on stage and you nail everything, but you look like I'm taking this so seriously. It's just not fun. It's It's not not fun to watch. It's not. It's It's stressful. It's again, if they're looking at your hands or your feet, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Okay. So your, your, is it true? Your idol is Britney Spears. Yes. My Google search, correct? You, you, I'm the Is that dot. how you learned to dance? That's how I learned to dance for the most part. And that's how I learned English. I, I mean, I've been going to dance class since I was seven. And, and, but I really right. think that I came my own as a performer when I started watching Britney and I tried to start learning her core and whatnot. I feel like that's what helped me develop my dance style. As in like. Which album? Which album? It was actually. Or which song? which song? I will say it was, more specifically, it was the circus tour. It was the year 2009, and she was going on her circus oh, tour. Yes. It was right after her, her comeback. And I remember thinking, wondering what had happened to yep. Britney Spears. So I, I YouTubed her name, and then her circus tour came up, and she starts the show coming down on like these like ball thingy. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, she's coming from the ceiling. By the way, this, the stitch is a 360 stage, so the audience is around her. And she comes out on this mm-hmm. platform. Then she does circus, and then she jumps into a cage and starts doing Piece of Me. And then eventually, she's, as I kept watching the show, she's doing acrobatics on the air. And I'm like, what is what is this? Like, Of course, I knew who Britney was, and I knew how amazing of a performer right. she was. But right. seeing her do everything that she was doing after what she had gone through in like 2007 and whatnot... Yeah, 2007 was the nervous breakdown. She shaved off Mm -hmm, all her hair. mm -hmm. And Uh to me, that was so empowering how she was doing all of these things and the quality of the show, her performance, her confidence. You know, I completely was drawn into her. And that's when I started doing more of my research. And that's when I actually discovered most of her past uh, videos and performances and stuff like that. And I was like, what is this woman? And why is no one going crazy about her? They were. I was just eleven, so I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> because because you were because you were in Mexico. I was in Mexico. It was, you were not living in you weren't living in the States yet, right? I wasn't living in the States and, and and I learned English because in that process of discovering who this icon was, I wanted to know what the songs were about. So I started translating the lyrics and from Spanish from, from, English, from English to Spanish. To Spanish. Just because I wanted to know Wow. And that's how I learned pronunciation and, and lingo and slang and things like that. And even do I even though I knew very basic English, that's that's what helped me be able to communicate with people when I moved to the States. It was really weird and it was by so, accident, but it was the best thing ever. So how do you say oops, I did it again in Spanish? Oops, lo hice otra vez. <laughs> oops, lo hice otra vez. Okay. So wait, now I have to ask you this. Yes. What did you think of? Because you remind me a little bit, just a tiny bit of Harvey Guillen, <laughs> who I love. Is that okay to say? It's totally okay. I admire Harvey a lot, I have to say. When I was going through college, everyone would always ask me, what actor do you relate to? What actor? And I couldn't find anyone. And then I watched What We right. Do in the Shadows. Yes, And I yes, said, yes. he was the first person that ha- that ever made me feel seen on TV and film. Ever. And I was... 22, 21 at this point. Damn. Like, yes. it took that long for me to be, to see myself on screen, but it was thanks to him. And for, I have a funny story. I was recently nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Imagen Awards, and he was also nominated. He, wo- he won the category, very deservingly so. He's incredible. 
It's the second year in a row that he he's won this, this category. And I, I was so, I felt so grateful and blessed to be recognized in the same category as him just because I respect him mm -hmm. a lot. And again, he was that person for me. Um, yes. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to attend. But when I was leaving the awards, <laughs> someone came up to me. He was like, Harvey, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not Harvey. <laughs> no. But, oh, my God. But what was cool about That's it. kind of funny. What's cool about it is that I realized Harvey and I could play siblings or cousins on a TV show. Oh, a hundred percent. So someone better start writing it. <laughs> And, and, or you guys better start writing it. And Harvey loves Britney <laughs> because did you see the cover of The Advocate when Harvey straight up creative directed, he creative directed that cover where he dressed up like Britney Spears. He? And I think he was Advocate's sexiest, sexiest yes, person or yes, something. Yes, yes. Wasn't it? I, it's so funny because he also did a few episodes of <laughs> So Is Extraordinary Playlist, which is a show that I love and was also created by Austin Winsberg, who created our, our show. Um, like a and on ring. his okay. episode, he got to sing Stronger by Britney Spears. And this was before Acapulco happened. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous of Harvey. Like he got to sing Britney on, on, on Zoe's. And I didn't know he loved Britney Spears as much as I, I do. I learned oh, he loves that. Britney Spears. I learned that when I saw the magazine cover. And I was like, oh my God, are we actually twins? <laughs> I'm like, were we yeah, separated I think at you're birth? I think you're twins. And I 100% and I Fernando think you guys need to do... There needs to be some movie. I think... Like, like some movie, some TV show where you guys play cousins or brothers. I really think we should. And I met him once over FaceTime because, again, our show creator, yeah. Austin Winsberg, he's worked with both of us. So he introduced us on FaceTime and I was losing my freaking mind. But it's <laughs> it's crazy. I would love to work with him. That would be such an honor. He's the greatest. He and I did a Pride special together. Oh, my God. And he is just like the most... He's like you. He's just a love and got work pretty soon after graduating and i think it's really important both of you are plus size mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. latine latine men mm -hmm. i mean it's and now you're going to be that you're going to be that model for someone coming up now right like you yes. get to be that person that they're in school and they're like oh my god fernando he's on He's on this show I love, you know, he's, you know, he plays the laundry guy. Then he gets, you know, he gets promoted to the pool guy. And that's, he looks like me. I get to be this person because Fernando can do it. I can do it, right? Honestly, that's what I love the most about my character is that he hopefully provides mm -hmm. that opportunity for other people because I didn't have it myself, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So I I, I actually made a post when the show first came out about Harvey. He was getting recognized through GLAD, I believe. And I, I reposted that and I was like... He's always recognized through GLAD. I know. And I was like, oh my God, I just hope... Because funny yeah. enough, this is another funny thing. His name on what we yeah. do in the shadows is Guillermo. My name in Acapulco yeah. is Memo, which is the short version of Guillermo. So both of our characters are named Guillermo on our specific shows. Fun fact. <laughs> All right. Dude, we're putting it out to the universe that you two are doing something together. For real, we're, we're putting it out. Hilarious. I would love that. So when I made that post, oh I was like, I hope my memo does for other people what his memo did for me. 
you know oh. it's like this chain of memos um so <laughs> someone better get the memo better get the memo someone terrible someone gave him the memo that we need to do something together someone <laughs> babe that's okay so let's go to your mom for one second by the way it's funny because i know you bring your college friends to your events but i see you and your mother in i see your mother coming to all your red carpets well here's the thing I okay. promised myself as soon as I booked Acapulco that both of my parents were going to be my plus ones to my first premiere ever. And my mom wow. was going to be my plus one to my first ever award ceremony. So that's why my mom came to me to the Imagen Awards, which was technically my first big red carpet. And my dad and my mom came to me to the LA premiere of Acapulco, which was my first premiere ever. So I wanted to save those plus ones very specifically for them. If I ever get nominated for an Emmy, they will also be my my plus ones for, for that. Yes, they will. <laughs> Before anyone yes, else. they will. Yes. Unless Harvey's available. Unless Harvey's available. <laughs> just don't, just don't. So, you know, the show is all about stories. And I have usually I have some idea of what people are going to share. <laughs> I have no idea. So this, this show is about stories that people don't want their mothers to know. Um, is there a? I know you're close to your mother because you live with her. Mm -hmm. You live with both of them. Mm -hmm. Is there a story that comes to mind? Oh yeah. Even as close as you guys are. Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> Tell me. No, I, I'm in the dark. I Tell love, me. I love telling this story, but I don't think I've ever talked to my mom about it. Because when I did it, I did it in secret. Basically, back in 2015, that was the year that I turned 18. And okay. I had sung at my cousin's wedding. And as a thank you present, she bought me front row tickets to see Britney Spears in Vegas. <gasps> this was, I was gifted the tickets in wow. like August of 2015. The concert okay. was December 27 of 2015. So like six months, five months okay. after. The mm -hmm. week comes around for the concert. It was like December 23rd or 22nd. And I come down with the worst stomach flu I had had in the last oh, 10 years God. of my life. So we actually didn't celebrate Christmas that, that year because I was so sick. Like yeah. I had been in bed for so long. It was December 27th. It was, it was Christmas actually because we, we left for yeah. Vegas on the 26th. And I was like... I was getting better, but I wasn't 100% there. And okay. I was like, okay, Fernando, the concert's 90 minutes. You have front row tickets to see Britney Spears. You are not going to leave that spot because it was a standing area. So that's it's first come, first serve, right? I said, you are not leaving that to go to the bathroom because you need to go to the bathroom. You're watching Britney Spears for your 18th birthday front row. So, well, earlier <laughs> that year, I had won <laughs> on a white elephant gift exchange an adult diaper. No, <laughs> you wait, you won an adult diaper from who? It was like a family thing, so I don't even know, you know, because it was one of those things where like you steal the present, so I don't even know who brought it to the party. But my secret story, which most of my friends know, is. I wore an adult diaper to a Britney Spears concert. <laughs> you pooped? Well, Did you well, actually poop okay, in the diaper? Okay, now, I will say. I was like... You have to say, because everybody poops. I did not poop because I didn't eat anything that day. I made sure... I swear to God. I swear to God I didn't poop in the diaper. I didn't eat anything the whole day to avoid anything. 
but I was ready. <laughs> oh my God. Did your mom know that you went to the concert? Uh, she knows that I went to the concert. She doesn't know that I brought an adult diaper with me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Wait, first of all, how was the concert? The concert was incredible. It was life-changing. I I was I was front row, so I was like three uh-huh. feet away from Britney. It was amazing. At, at many Do parts you still of, love her? Oh, every day. <laughs> Have you met her? I've never... You know, I actually like... Even let me show you. This is how much I love Britney. Let me see. Let me see. I have this, and I don't I don't use them. Most of them, at least. This is my Britney Spears perfume collection. I don't wear these oh perfumes. God. I don't wear these perfume. I mean, the only one that I wear I'm is dying. this one. This is the Midnight Fantasy because it was gifted to me on set as a lucky charm by our cast assistants, which is another funny story that I can tell you in a minute if you want. But every other yes, sure. Britney perfume that I have is just part of my collection. And I don't wear them. I don't. I just... I have them. I also have a box with all the albums, like physical albums. I have a bunch of the Funko like CDs Pops. Mm-hmm. Or... But I don't have those out because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want a Funko Pop. Let me, hold on. Let me grab them really quickly. Don't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here. These are the Funko Pops. Funko Pop? So I I've have. Never even, I've seen them, but I didn't know they were called that. This is a Amas Lay For You one. And then I have a Toxic one. And then we know what to get Fernando for his birthday. Wow. Yes. And then I have the baby one, baby one more time one. I also have an oops, I did it again one and a circus one, but I couldn't bring them all out. I have a bunch of Britney Spears shirts. Wait. Yeah. You, okay. Okay. <laughs> Being this into Britney, you, you must have come out at a really young age, right? I didn't. I was 20. She did not know. Oh, no, she, she knew. must have known. She knew. <laughs> okay, she knew. Come on. She knew. I just didn't. And you know, that's, that's, that's why I, I don't take coming out lightly. And I, 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 yes. I really try to be a huge supporter of anyone who wants to go through this process because mm-hmm. I grew up in a very open, very accepting environment. From mm-hmm. a very young age, I, quote unquote, showed signs of, of being gay, you know, like because yes. of the things I wanted to wear, the fact that all, all my inspirations are women, I wanted to be like them. So it was something that my parents... Dance class. Dance class, singing class, you know, musical theater. It was something that my parents were like, talk to me about. And they would be like, it's totally okay. We just want to know. We want to have this open... My parents were actors, you know, my, my dad, my dad has been an ally... My dad marched in the very first supportive gay march in all of Mexico, in like the country. He's been an ally no since back then. Yes. So I grew up no in way. the most open, accepting environment. But still, I knew that saying that word or those words, I'm gay, I could never go back. Yeah. And if I was scared of mm. saying it and accepting it, even though I grew up in a place that I knew that I would be okay... I can't imagine how it is for people who don't have that. Absolutely. So that's why I... It's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, you know? If I had that support and I was still so scared to do it... Nervous. Yeah. I can't imagine what it is for people who don't. So I try to always... When people ask me, how do you do it? I'm like, you just have to wait for the right time for you. Absolutely. And, and when you Absolutely. feel safe and... and 
I feel like sometimes it's even better to wait to have a chosen family before you take such a big step because it can be really, it's, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. In, in my case, it was life-changing for better, but that's not the case for everyone. If eventually, yes, you know, eventually everything turns to, to, to something magnificent, but some people go through something really rough yeah. when it happens. So I don't take coming out lightly. <laughs> no, I don't either. And I'll tell you something. What is so cool about your show is that you play, unless things change, and I haven't, you you play a straight character. I do, I do, I do. Right? I mean, the, so far. Yes. So far. <laughs> you have a girlfriend, you... <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, it's funny right? because... You play a straight guy. I actually... Is, this is cool. I'm glad that you bring this up because after the first season aired, a lot of people started DMing me saying, oh my God, we wanted Memo to be gay so badly. And at first I was like, well, that's amazing because the fact that now the audience is asking to see more gay characters, I love that. Yes. So actually yes. the producers and the writers had a conversation with me and they're like, how do you feel about this? And I said, here's the thing. I'll be happy regardless of what his sexuality is. You know, I personally think that the where the character goes, it's, it focuses in something completely more different than what his sexuality really is. You know, his yep. his job in the show is not so much focus on on his love life per se. Uh, at least not that first season. At this point, I didn't know what was gonna happen the second season. But I told them I would love it either way. However, when it comes to LGBTQ plus representation. Gay men uh-huh. get more space, and I'm not saying it's enough, but they get more space than lesbians do. And I think it's really You're right powerful. About that, Fernando. I was like, I think it's really powerful that we have a queer story about a lesbian teenager. And that because I always feel like lesbian storylines end up being completely sexualized, so they're always catering to the men fan- male fantasies. And it was or, so... Or, they, or they're killed. Or they killed. It's always horrifying. Or they're killed. And I was like, I think there's something yep. so powerful about having a lesbian storyline that focuses on teenagers who are just in love. And about a 16-year-old yes. girl who's so sure of who she is that she's willing to fight for what she wants. And she tells her mom, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to change because of your religious beliefs. I'm sorry. If you don't accept me, that's your loss, not mine. Like, that's how strong and, 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 you know, right. And I was like, right. And so, mm-hmm. and I also think it's mm-hmm. more powerful to have a straight kid as, as a, a Latinx person. Man. We were, we, you know, as a guy, you grew up hearing, you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to feel. And having a straight Mexican kid from the eighties be comfortable with his femininity and his sensitivity and be emotionally intelligent and not afraid of feeling. It's also a very powerful mm-hmm. message. So they 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 took that into consideration and and they kept him straight because I I thought it was more important to give a lesbian storyline that space. I and and you're talking about Maximo's sister, correct? Who is, Sarah, who mm-hmm. comes out as gay and in, in Sarah comes out as gay in the show. And I have to just tell you something. I really appreciate that because what I thought was so cool and I love every gay. I mean, I love gay TV. I love gay characters. <laughs> it's like all I watch as 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 a as a gay person. Um, but what I thought was so cool and the reason I even asked you is because I thought it was great that you're straight on the show. I thought it was great that they cast an openly gay person, mm-hmm. you, right? Openly gay person. And 
that doesn't have to be, well, then he has to be gay. I appreciate that straight people can play gay people. But what I really appreciate, honestly, is that gay people can play, especially men, gay men can play straight. And I think that's so, that to me is such an important lesson, Mm -hmm. like the casting community. I feel like that's so important. And you know what? Right? Like you're an actor. You get to, like, you're not a pool boy in real life, so you don't have to play a gay man in real life, unless that's part of the story and it feels organic and natural. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's not necessary. It's a big thing in Mexico because in Mexico, to this day, I feel like this happens less on the States, in the States, but in Mexico, to this day, a lot of people in the entertainment industry cannot come out because producers tell them, if you come Mm -hmm. out, I cannot cast you as as a love interest or a straight person anymore. Because people um, won't believe Fernando, me. Fernando, I think that's true. I know I have to tell you, like, being on the side of the business that has done a lot of casting and a lot of, you know, who do we want for this role? I, I don't think that's just a Mexico really? thing. I <gasps> Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I think when Lance Bass came out oh and he was in God. NSYNC, right, mm-hmm. it was very hard for him to get opportunities that showcase because he was no longer like the teen Mm-hmm. straight teen heartthrob i think it was very hard and i think that's the truth that's the case with a lot of people Ooh. i'm not saying lance is like an actor per se but like i i don't think that's i think that's kind of the norm that sucks and, uh but right don't you think it no? sucks it sucks i mean i i have to say i think i've come into the industry at a time where things are changing. So I've been yeah. lucky enough to not have encountered yeah. that. Uh, a lot of my peers have that's not great. encountered that. I am thrilled if that's changing. But I yes. think that your role, to my eyes, helps to change that. I hope so. I really I mean, do. I, thank you. So, thank you. I I'm really thrilled. hope so. Thank you so much. I, I, I hope that does. <laughs> How can people find you and follow you? You can find me everywhere at Fernando Carza. Mm-hmm. Literally everywhere. Well, I am so happy to have. I'm so happy to have been with you. Uh, I can't wait me to meet too. you in person. I would love that. I cannot wait to meet you in person. Everybody, please go watch Acapulco. It's on Apple TV. It's absolutely hilarious and brilliant, and it's just so. It's so well done, and it's so of a time. Yes. Like anyone who appreciates the '80s, just everything. Everything makes me feel like I'm going back in time. It was before you were born, but it's not before I was born. So we say at the end of every show, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. So if it's not one thing, it's It's your your mother. mother. It's your mother. (laughs) 